The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Massachusetts, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Bet $100 and get $100 at winbet.com or download the WinBet app and start winning today. State restrictions apply. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Saturday, March 18th, currently 1031 on the East Coast. I think this is our first ever, maybe, regular season, I think, weekend episode ever. Now, uh, you guys heard the announcement that we will start going seven days a week for the NBA Gambling Podcast. But joining me here to help me break down the games here for Saturday, you guys know him as the voice of the Tennis Gambling Podcast, the NFL Gambling Podcast, the WNBA Gambling Podcast, and of course here on the NBA Gambling Podcast, it's Scott Studio Reichel. Scott, what's going on, my man? Eh, nothing much. I actually just finished recording a tennis podcast, which got posted a little go. while ago. So I've been keeping busy this morning. Besides that, I went through a pretty fun gambling venture over the last couple of days. I decided to bet on every underdog in the first round of March Madness. And Fairleigh Dickinson kind of carried me to the finish line there. Ended up, I forgot the exact number. I th- how many? I think it was eight and twenty-four straight up. But I made roughly fourteen units. So it was a nice venture, fun time. Shout out to Dickinson. There we go. And also joining us here on the Saturday episode, you guys know him as the newest voice on the NBA Gambling Podcast. It's Delonte Smith. Delonte, how's it going, brother? Not bad, man. Ready to get on the right side of some of these games. I uh, had a pretty good night last night. Minus the Lakers blowing that game. But uh, otherwise, man, ready to get to it and uh, get some winners out. Yeah, um, incredible night last night for or a game-winning shot, I guess we could say, if you're a mm-hmm. Dallas Mavericks fan. Um, big victory for them as far as the standings kind of go um, and that Western Conference play in tournament ba- bracket uh, area, I guess we can say. But, uh, yeah, that was a fun game to watch last night. But, uh, you know what, we'll do the recaps and everything on the Monday episode. But quickly, we can recap the picks from yesterday from uh, Terrell and Scott. How did the day turn out for you guys yesterday, Scott? Overall, I ended up splitting. I won the dog. I had the Spurs plus the points. I thought about taking them on the money line as my dog, but thankfully decided to go elsewhere uh, because they choked away a massive 29-point lead in the second half. But they ended up covering the 8.5, so I didn't have to yep. worry about it. But unfortunately, I fell a little bit short on the dog. I had Jalen Brown, 30-plus points. I thought there was a decent chance that Tatum might not play because he was struggling mm-hmm. just with his stats, and he had a hip issue. He ended up playing. And Jalen Brown finished with 27. So a little bit short there, but at least I hit the dog, so it could have been worse. Uh, yeah, I think what I think Terrell swept yesterday, didn't he? Uh, I know he had the Cavs on. Yeah, he had the, Spurs first half money line. Yeah, and then Spurs mo- yeah money line. Oh, I did first half. Yeah. yeah, I ended up taking the Grizzlies live around. I think it was like plus 300, close to plus 300. Uh, in that fourth quarter, um, thank for or th- thank you to so shout out to the Spurs for you know choking away the lead and then <laughs> losing it in overtime. But uh, yeah, that was another 
incredible uh, upset, I guess, or comeback victory uh, for the uh, Grizzlies. Uh, could have made like, some good money if you took Dickinson and then took Grizzlies live yesterday uh, in on, on the hardwood floor. But, guys, let's just get into it, man. Let's get into the games here for today. Uh, we'll start off with the first one. It's going to be an early start here at 1 o'clock Eastern time. It's going to be the Denver Nuggets. They're headed to Madison Square Garden to take on the New York Knicks. Uh, this line opened up in favor of the uh, Denver Nuggets at minus 2. That number has stayed consistent at minus 2. Total up at about 230.5. It's been bed down a tick to 230. Uh, looking at the injury report for both of these teams, pretty clean injury report for the Denver Nuggets. Uh, Zeke Naji is questionable here tonight. And then for the New York Knicks, Jalen Brunson is, is, is officially, I'm sorry, questionable here tonight, uh, or this afternoon, I should say, uh, with the foot issue that he's been dealing with. So uh, definitely keep an eye out if Brunson is um, a go here tonight, closer to game time. Um, Scott, why don't you lead us off here? Denver minus two in Madison Square Garden here tonight to take on the New York Knicks. I think I'm going to lean to the Nuggets in this one. Uh, it's I think it's a pretty tricky call. Brunson might play, but I am curious how Rusty is going to look or if the Knicks are going to have to kind of tweak everything back to the way it was offensively and maybe they'll struggle early on. Denver finally won a game. They beat Detroit, which I don't know if that counts, but that counts for something, I guess. I think I'm going to lean to Denver here because I don't think the Knicks offense in the fourth quarter is going to do enough of exploiting these mismatches with Jokic and pick and roll. And that's kind of the main way that teams have attacked Denver defensively. It's involving Jokic and pick and rolls. We know New York's going to just drop a bunch of ISOs for Randall down the stretch. So I don't think that's really going to change anything. You know, I just feel like Denver offensively still has a great offense that's never changed. Jokic is a matchup problem for everybody on the Knicks to deal with. And I think that with a supporting cast and with them winning a game uh, to get back on track, maybe just mentally, I think two is a little bit short. Brunson, if he plays, is going to have a good game because I do think even with some rust, the pick and roll switching, like I just said, is going to be a serious advantage for the Knicks. If he doesn't, you still have quickly, but you know Randall's still going to want to chuck the ball 20-something times. Barrett's going to want to chuck the ball 20-something times. I'll lean Denver here. I just feel like this line's a little bit short. All right. Lonzo, what do you got for this game? Yeah, I'm leaning to Denver side, too. Kind of want to wait until the Brunson news uh, comes down. Maybe we get a better number. Maybe it'll go down to, you know, or go uh, in the Knicks' favor, and uh, we'll get maybe Denver as a short dog or maybe at pick and price. But, yeah, I think Scott pretty much outlined it. Um, the guard play the, the Knicks don't defend the guard the guards very well. I mean, in the last five games, they've had uh Dame go for 38, D go for 34, Rozier go for 25. So, I mean, I think Jamal Murray's in line for a big game here. And the I mean, the Nuggets they they won, but they didn't look good against Denver. I mean, I, I mean, against uh, Detroit, yeah, I know they won and covered, but. That game was tied. That, that was quarter by 19 quarter. in the fourth quarter. Yeah. Like they, they were awful for three quarters. Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't see enough to, you know, fully buy in. Because otherwise, if I was seeing them, you know, get into a good rhythm after the, the coach called them out and, and play better basketball, then I would have been all over them in the spot. But I, I think that um, I'm going to wait for the Brunson news to come down, and I'll be on the Denver side. I mean, the Knicks don't have much of a home court advantage, 16-17-3 ATS. They have played a tough – a five-game stretch uh, with a two and three straight up in ATS. So with Brunson back, like Scott said, not sure how rusty he'll be, but I'm leaning to the Nuggets on this one. And that's if he plays. There's no guarantee yeah. Brunson's even going to suit up. Right. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to go back to the well of the Knicks' first half here. Um, kind of seen over the last five to ten games that, especially defensively, Denver has really struggled. I know they only held 
Detroit in their last game to 100 points, but they still gave up 60, I think 62 in that first half mm-hmm. to the Pistons. Um, and though that fourth quarter was really where, you know, Pistons were su- struggling to score. But on average, the near, sorry, the D- Denver Nuggets are allowing over the last five games in the first half to their opponents 63.2 points. Um, and then we kind of take a look at the numbers in the first half. I mean, we know how great the Denver, sorry, the uh, New York Knicks are in the first half. Um, but even the total um, over the last 10 games in the first half, Denver Nuggets are seven and three towards the over. The New York Knicks are five and five, but at home uh, over the last 10 games, New York Knicks six and four um, to the over. And then the first half uh, spread over the last 10 games in the first half. Uh, at home, New York is uh, six, two and two. So I'm going to go with the Knicks in the first half. I do like the first half over as well. Then maybe we'll see Knicks doing Knicks thing again where they and they blow a lead and then, you know, Denver pulls away and does get the cover in this game. So uh, officially I will go Knicks uh, first half and then the over in the first half as well. Um, let's get over to the full game total here, guys. That's currently sitting at 230. Any thoughts on that, Delonte? Yeah, I link to the over. Uh, both offenses top five from a points per possession standpoint. I think they'll be able to to score. I think the Knicks will be able to score inside with Randall and to a lesser extent Mitchell Robinson. And I also think that the Nuggets have some advantages of their own, especially on the perimeter, um, with the Knicks defense not being as stout on the perimeter as it has been early on in the season. Um, so I'm leaning to the over. Nuggets are pretty much gonna get what they want at the rim and uh, on the perimeter. So add that to the Knicks being able to dominate inside because the Nuggets don't have a rim protector. I think I think it trends towards the over. I mean, I know the money's coming in on the under, but uh, I'd like it better if, uh, of course, if Brunson's in, but um, I'm leaning over. Scott? Yeah, I'm going to agree. I, I can't really take it under with Denver right now. And I know that they were good defensively against Detroit in the fourth quarter, but we know Detroit is a horrible basketball team, especially now with them just voluntarily, openly tanking uh, and benching all their good players at this point. I see points here. I I think both teams offensively are good enough to exploit what the other team struggles at early on. My issue is the Knicks in the fourth quarter, which is why I'm going to lean to Denver to win the game and to cover. It wouldn't surprise me if you see kind of a similar story to what we saw with that Denver in Detroit game. Not to the same extreme of outscoring them by 19 points in the fourth quarter, but I could see a close game, maybe a one-possession game with like seven, eight minutes to go. The Knicks take a lot of fadeaway jumpers, and Denver runs a lot of you know Jokic actions, and New York can't handle it. I could see the Knicks going on a pretty uh, underwhelming final couple minutes stretch there to lose the game. But mm-hmm. I'm going to lean to the over. I really can't take an under with Denver right now based on how yeah. bad they've been defensively. Yeah, I think I agree with everything that you just said there, Scott, about how bad they've been defensively. So, and we know they're a good defensive team. And Delonte pulling it out, pointed out as well that the Knicks do struggle, you know, guarding those guard positions. Now you have Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. Um, here this afternoon to, to you know take advantage of how bad defensively the Knicks have been. Um, so yeah, I, I like the full game over as well, first half over as well. Um, let's go over to some player props in this game. Uh, Delonte, you have anything as far as player props? I like R.J. Barrett over, what is it, 27.5 points, rebounds, and assists. Um, he's over in four of the last six. I like the matchup for him with Denver, you know, not being able to stop dribble drives. Uh, he's also been more aggressive on the boards. I am kind of worried about his facilitating role. I think that Josh Hart came in and took some of his facilitating role away. Mm-hmm. Um, so the assists do worry me. But I think that he can be able to score here on the Nuggets front line because I'm, I'm assuming that he'll be matched up with Michael Porter um, is, what I'm, is what I'm assuming. 
So I think, of course, he can get by Michael Porter and do some damage. So I like him over 27 and a half uh, points, rebounds, and assists. I also like Jamal Murray over 20 and a half points. I outlined the guard uh, struggles that the Knicks have been having in the last five games. So I think that, you know, with the struggles that he's having, he hasn't scored 20 in four ga- in the last four games. So, I mean, he's not shooting the ball well. I think he can exploit the pick and roll with uh, Mitchell Robinson and, you know, sometimes with uh, with Julius Randle, depending on who's on Jokic at that time. So uh, Jamal Murray over 20 and a half points and uh, R.J. Barrett over 27 and a half points, rebounds, and assists. Scott, any player preps? Uh, for me, I feel like I got to look at quickly in this one, assuming that Brunson's either not going to play or is on a minute restriction. I just talked about how Jokic, we all know, can't really guard pick and roll defense. That He can't guard the pick and roll that well. And we know how fast quickly is. I can see several blow-by situations for him. I think you're looking at quickly points potentially, maybe threes. Uh, but I do think if you want to just pick the primary ball handler on whichever team Jokic is against, that's usually a good approach. Because once again, these pick-and-roll switches have been a disaster. We saw Toronto torch this team defensively a couple of games ago, and Van Vliet had a very solid game shooting-wise. I could see threes for quickly. I could see points. Uh, Maybe Brunson if he plays, but once again, I'm a little bit concerned about the rust factor, maybe the minute restriction factor. I think Jokic probably has a huge game. I think he might go for a triple-double here. Uh, Besides that, I'm trying to think if I want to go for like um, Jamal Murray threes if I wanted to make a case for it, but yeah, I think that's basically going to wrap it up. Maybe I'm thinking if I want to do like an Aaron Gordon point, just because mm-hmm. I do think the Knicks defense might uh, d- potentially send a double at Jokic, and you might see Gordon cut back door, or just a lot of off-ball action. The Knicks aren't always good at staying with their men. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I do think you'll end up seeing Gordon have a lot of uncontested attempts at the rim. It's kind of just the basic stuff for Denver. Yeah, I was thinking either points... Um... For Jokic here tonight, I think that, you know, he'll get his points here tonight. He's had pretty good success against this uh, uh, Knicks defense. I think he's put up back-to-back 30 points uh, performances in his last two games against them. Let me double-check that here. Um, so, sorry, earlier this year, he uh, he hasn't played them this year. So, he's had 21, 32, 32, 22, 25. Obviously, the rebounds have been there for him as well. I think... Um, yeah, maybe uh, Michael Porter Jr. three-point prop. That's at two and a half at minus one thirty. I may look at that. Um, anything else for this game, guys? Nope. That's all I got. All right, let's keep it rolling here. The next game on the schedule, we have the Orlando Magic in LA tonight, I believe. If I'm not, uh, let me double check. I may have written that wrong. No, that's uh, right. But that's right. is that right? Okay, yeah, that's right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we do Orlando in LA here uh, this afternoon as well. There's going to be a three o'clock Eastern start. Um, looking at the opening lines for this game, I am currently seeing the LA Clippers opened up as eight and a half point favorite. Uh, that number has now um, been uh, now it is at minus six and a half. Total put about two twenty seven. That number has been bet up to two thirty one and a half. Uh, looking at the injury report for the Orlando Magic, pretty clean. I'd say, uh, uh, sorry, uh, Jonathan Isaac is going to be out, and then Jalen Suggs is also out with a concussion for the LA Clippers. Kawhi is going to be out for this game. He is um, taking a day off finally after a month. Um, so I know Scott was talking offline. You can't really roast him when he's played almost every single game for the past, what month or two for the Clippers. Um, let's see anybody else of significance. Norman Powell. I read yesterday doesn't have a, a timetable for his return. So, 
Uh, you still have Russ. You still have Paul George. Um, most of the guys will be in this game for the Clippers. So, guys, let's start with the side here first. Uh, mine is six and a half in favor of the Clippers hosting the Orlando Magic. Scott, lead us off with this one. So, for me, my main play, I, I just kind of mentioned it uh, before we went on air. I think Westbrook is a pretty good game tonight uh, or today. Uh, I just think at the end of the day, you're going to see a spot where Kwai's out and and you're thinking of all the usage rate options that the Clippers have. And yes, they kind of rotate guys in and out, but uh, Norman Powell's not going to play either. We know he's not afraid to shoot the ball. I think Westbrook's going to have the ball in his hands a lot in this game. Either him or Paul George. But Paul George, I don't know if he's usually, I don't say comfortable, but it doesn't seem like he's always dribbling the ball up the court. He's kind of just getting onto his comfortable wing spot. He'll get the ball, maybe do something in isolation in the half court. But I think Westbrook's going to try to dribble the ball up the court for most of the game. The pace should be high, and the total is 231.5 here. I see points in this game. I'm going to go with the over. I think that I'm going to lean to... Uh, I think I'm uh, I'm kind of torn on the side here, honestly, because seven's a lot without Kawhi, but I don't think Orlando's that good. They're fine, but I think that the Clippers are the better team. I'm just expecting a Westbrook game here. Uh, Triple-double I saw was like 16-1, to 1, something like that. I don't mind that price. Besides that, I'm probably looking at Zubak double-double. He had a huge game against the Warriors for the first time basically in his career. I think he's in line for a good matchup here against Wendell Carter, etc. So I like uh, Zubak to have a good game here, and I do think Westbrook probably is a good game too. Uh, Delante, what do you got? Yeah, I'm leaning to the Clippers side. Um, I think so. Just like from a number standpoint, like this is the same. Well, it's two points. If you if Kawhi was playing, it probably would be about eight and a half. Yeah, uh, I think that's what it opened, right? Eight and a half, nine. Yep. Isn't yeah, that so weird half. though? They think yeah. Kawhi is only worth like two points. That, that was that was exactly my point. So basically, that's the same number that the Spur, I mean, that the Suns were laying whenever the Magic played. So if you think that the Suns and the Clippers are like equal teams, which I mean. I guess you can kind of throw a coin up in the air. And but also without Durant, though, right? Yeah. Yeah, and you, yeah, of course. But I think, like, as constructed, like, right now, I think the Clippers are probably slightly better, have been playing, like, a little bit better as of late. So I think that the number is probably a little bit short at six and a half, even without Kawhi. Because, I mean, it's not like that. It's not like the Clippers haven't played without Kawhi. I mean, they've been playing without him all season pretty much. Um, and, you know, yeah. credit to him for playing all these games and, you know, being a beast. But I think the Magic – I don't think they match up well with the Clippers. Some of the length things, I mean, some of the length uh, of the Magic can be pretty much like negated by the Clippers' defense. Uh, they're getting better with the Tyronn Lue sets and being able to uh, in- integrate those guys in. So I think the Clippers have played a really tough stretch. Um, they've won high-scoring games, they've won low-scoring games. So I think they can pretty much beat you in any kind of in any kind of format. So I'm leaning to the to the Clippers here. Um, I don't like the Magic as much as I did earlier in the season. It kind of looks like they're, you know, going through the motions. Although they are, you know, 34, 22, and one as a dog. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I kind of just want to probably look at it live and see how the Clippers look early, and then play on them uh, maybe in the second half if it's kind of a close game. But I do lean to the Clippers on the full full game. Yeah, I lean with the cl- uh, Clippers here as well. Uh, even without Kawhi, I think there's um, enough talent on this roster for the Clippers. Uh, against this uh, Magic team. And, you know, I agree about the point that you made about Zubak should have a good game here tonight. Uh, we've talked about a lot how centers have um, had success against the uh, Orlando Magic um, or their lack of defense against them. So um, I'll, I'll go with the Clippers here as well. They've been playing good basketball, like you guys mentioned, um, if, since post-All-Star break or even since they got all their guys back uh, this season. I know the numbers and the ATS numbers aren't reflecting that, but I think we got to look deeper when they did have Kawhi on the floor and Paul George on the floor 
Um, but even without, I think, Kawhi here tonight, you know, being in that Western Conference, you know that you got to pile up the wins, right? It's the, those standings we talk about this, and I say this every on the, every single episode is that those those standings change every single day. And of course, at the end of the season, it may just come down to tiebreakers, where you know. Last night was an opportunity for both teams to get that tiebreaker. And we saw, you know, the Dallas Mavericks at the buzzer with the with the Kleba three get that tiebreaker over the Lakers for the season, uh, for two to one if they are tied in the standing. So I think that they'll, you know, come out and take care of business here. I do like the six and a half here for the Clippers. Uh thoughts on the total here, uh, Delonte, why don't you leave us off with that? That number is currently sitting at two thirty-one and a half. Yeah, I probably lean under because I think the all of the Clippers have been playing uh, pretty much to the pace of their opponent, honestly. Um, so I think the Magic, they want to get out and run, but I don't think they'll be able to, like I said, with the Clippers defense being as good as it is. So I think they can limit them in transition. And uh, the Clippers also, like, they don't want to play fast pace. They want to slow it down and play in the half court. That's what Tyrone Lue does. That's what he did with LeBron. That's what he did since he's been uh, in L.A., with the Clippers. So I'm leaning to the under thinking that the pace is a little bit slowed down and the Clippers are able to withstand some of those uh, transition baskets from the magic. Scott, any thoughts on the total? I'm going to lean over. Uh, I just think even though Kawhi is out, you're looking at the projected pace of this game with Westbrook controlling the ball for most of the game. And you're assuming we'll get a boost in minutes because Norman Powell's out as well. Yeah. Aren't they just going to run up and down the court? You know, yeah. Orlando doesn't guard anybody. The Clippers defense hasn't exactly been great either. I know golden state, every game they play is a shootout, but that game landed 260. I see a lot of points here. I'm going to go with the over. Yeah, I think ever since Westbrook came over to this team, um, the pace has definitely got up. Obviously, you know, we know the type of player that Westbrook is. Um, I was trying to pull up that number with pace without uh, or within without um, Kawhi? Westbrook uh, in the lineup. Oh, Westbrook. Okay. Yeah. I think, uh, it's closer than, um, I think it's closer than, uh, than some people might think. Because they were already playing slow. Like, I think they're like, Bottom eight, bottom nine in pace, if I'm not mistaken. I think a lot of that's quiet yeah. base because of either the yeah. needs or the fact that they like to play in half court with him, but without him in the lineup, Westbrook's going to want to run. Yeah. I'll pull it up, but I, I feel like they have been playing faster. But nonetheless, um, yeah, I, I think that maybe a Clippers team total over it, worth a look, obviously, as well. Um, I think Paul George should have a big game here as well, Westbrook, as you guys mentioned. So let's get into the player props. Uh, Scott, I know you mentioned triple double and Zubach. Anybody else for player props? Um, do I want to take Paul George? You're assuming he's going to have a pretty good game, or at least he should, but I don't know if I want to take it. I'm trying to think of anybody else. Wendell Carter, I think, might have a decent matchup, but eh, I'm not sure if I'm on him. Um, now I don't think I have much. Maybe Markel Fultz, just because his props have been pretty low and he's been a solid guy for that team, but I don't think I really have much for Orlando. So I'll say this for uh, I finally got the pace numbers up. So in nine games with Westbrook, a pace of 99.22 without Westbrook, 96.75. And they do also average uh, close to 11 more points per game with um, Russell Westbrook. Now, obviously, we talked about no Kawhi. So that, that might, again, keep that in mind if you are going to bet a Clippers team total here today. Uh, Delonte, player props? I just I forgot to mention. Is it, yeah. is it Terrence Mann prop season? Yes, absolutely. That was what I was pivoting to. Eight and a half over. He's is always he, productive. Is he That's, starting? I think he they has don't to know yet. Minutes. It okay. might be Marcus Morris. They don't know yet because he came back, so they're going to see. I think Man should start. Mm-hmm. I mean, even but if he does, it's, I think it's not he's going to get a lot of minutes. I mean, I was going to say if he's a bench player, then he's sixth man because Powell's out, so he's going to get a boost in minutes anyway. All right. 
Yeah, I see yeah. Westbrook, Paul George, Marcus Morris, and Zubach as the at least four player props listed for Clipper players at least. So we'll find out who that fifth starter is. Um, just kind of expanding on what you said about Westbrook, uh, Scott, I, I think that does make a lot of sense. I know it's only been – I think it's only one game uh, where Westbrook has played without Kawhi Leonard as a member of the L.A. Clippers, and I think that game he logged a – I want to say it was a double-double, right? just saw – yeah, he had 27 points – and 10 assists in that game. Um, and then against the Orlando Magic in his career, I think that even with the Lakers earlier this season before he got trade or released. He had a triple-double. Yeah, he had a triple-double. 15, 13, and 13. And then um, he had another double-double earlier. He's actually, he's actually had a ton of triple-doubles against okay, against uh, Orlando. Now, some most of it was with OKC and with the Wizards where he was just given free reign to have the ball every possession. Mm -hmm. I actually want to count this because there's a lot of triple doubles here. Uh, Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. He has 10 career triple doubles against Orlando. I wonder if his double double is at a plus price. It's plus 175. I think I'm going to take that. That's that's kind of cheap. And sprinkle a little bit on his his triple double as well. Uh, All right. Anything else for this game, guys? No. No, I think we covered everything. All right. Uh, before we keep the conversation going here, let me tell everyone about our presenting sponsor. That is going to be WinBet. WinBet is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, and WinBet is now active in a in, now active in Massachusetts and tons of other states. Be on the lookout for the WinBet Win Hour each Thursday from five to six p.m. Eastern Time during WinBet Win Hour. Marquee games of the week will have better odds on WinBet, giving you a larger payout opportunity. And March Madness is officially underway. So many ways to bet on the big dance. Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet 100 and get 100. Limited state availability. And of course, for the our DGENs only, if you hit the biggest long shot parlay of the week, you get a $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sports gambling. Sorry, head over to winbed.com or download the WinBet app. Offers up to change terms and conditions at winbed.com. Must be 20 years or older and present and stay where play through winbed is available. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. All right, gentlemen, let's keep it rolling here. The next game on the schedule is going to be the Philadelphia 76ers. They are in Indiana here tonight to take on the Pacers. They are in a back-to-back uh, situation here are the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, they did play on Friday night against the Charlotte Hornets, where they absolutely crushed them, 121-82. Uh, shout out to the Hornets, scoring a whopping 26 points in that second half yesterday to kill my <laughs> uh, my over bet. But um, let's start with the opening number here of minus six. Uh, that number has pretty much stayed the course at minus six. Total up at about 235. That number's been bent down to around 232 consensus. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams, um, Sixers, again, since they were on a back-to-back, not yet when submitted. For the Indiana Pacers, uh, Chris Duarte is going to be out for this game. Tyrese Halliburton is also out. Both of those guys are dealing with uh, ankle sprains, and also Benedict Matherin is also out. Uh, So the guard position suffering uh, with ankle injuries, a lack of depth there for the Indiana Pacers. Um, Delonte, why don't you lead us off with this game, uh, the Philadelphia 76ers minus six in Indiana. Yeah, I'll lean to Philly. They were in a similar spot uh, maybe a week ago against uh, Minnesota, and they absolutely, like, boat raced them. So they're they're one seven in a row. They've covered five of those uh, seven. They're still dominant as a favorite, 28 and 20, uh, 17 and 15 ATS on the road. So I, I like the I like the way that the 76ers have been playing. 
as of late, they're dominating the the bad teams and they're getting by the good teams. So I think they're rounding in the in the form, and that's kind of scary with a Doc Rivers team that they're rolling this late. So they might collapse early, which I'm hoping they don't. But as as constructed, I don't think the Pacers can do anything with Embiid or the guard play. You mentioned all those guards being out with Halliburton. I don't trust um, Indiana without Halliburton. We've seen what they did without him in a larger sample size earlier in the season. They're coming off a like a huge win. I think me and you went off for uh, pretty much all over Milwaukee in that matchup, and they got a win there surprisingly. Um, so I think mm-hmm. that they, I think they go back down, you know, a little bit to the pack here and to their regular regular season rating. And um, I like Philly here. I don't want to lay it. I might just look at them first half um, and also first quarter being the Indiana is the worst first quarter ATS team in the NBA. Um, but yeah, coming off that big win and they're returning home from a three game road trip. Just, I don't think they have enough to withstand some of the things that Philly has been doing as well as they've been doing it lately. Yeah, these two teams matched up earlier uh, on March 6th where Philly got the victory 147-143. That was a game where uh, Harden had 20 dimes. Joel Embiid finished up with 42 points in that game. But more importantly, you know, the guys that I did mention for the Pacers that are out in this game, Tyrese Halliburton in that game, 39 points, 16 assists. He's not playing here tonight. Uh, Chris Duarte, uh, he played 24 minutes, but wasn't much of a factor. Um, and then I think that was the game where Matherin got hurt. He had 14 points in that game as well as two rebounds. So, you know, now you're missing those two guys that were that's accounted for 53 points of the 143 there for the Indiana Pacers. Um, and now you're going to rely on guys like TJ McConnell, um, who, you know, he he's he's good. Uh, filling in, in in those in the role of backup point guards, he had a pretty good game in that game too. He had twelve points, five rebounds, and four assists. So I'm kind of obviously wait for the injury report since they are on a back to back. I'm hoping Joel Embiid doesn't sit because he just dominates his Pacers team. Um, I, I think Sixers. I think I would go Pacers early and then probably Sixers in the second half in this game. Uh, but Scott, what do you got for this game? Uh, for me, I'm going to go with the Sixers. I was on the Sixers yesterday. Uh, Terrell and I disagreed. Uh, I understand the principle of not wanting to lay 10 points on the road, but I looked at the matchup and just said Embiid's going for 40, and unfortunately, they were up by 90 points, so he didn't play the fourth quarter when he had 38 points through three quarters. So he would have easily, he could have had 50 or 60 if he really wanted to. They just didn't need him, and I think that's really going to hurt the Pacers because even though it is a back-to-back, the Sixers were up by so many points that no starters played the fourth quarter. So yeah, I think that they're going to be point. able to just come back out and smack this team. The last time they played, uh, we saw this game land, I don't know what, 400 points between the two of them. It, it was just no defense at all. Harden at 20-something assists. Indiana was playing some of the dumbest defensive schemes I've ever seen. They were double-teaming Harden and just <laughs> yeah. letting him beat score 40 points. I don't know what they were trying to do, but I'm going to go with the Sixers here. Uh, you mentioned how Halliburton's out, Matherin's out. They got Turner back, so maybe their paint defense will be a bit better. But who's supposed to shoot the ball? Like, Buddy Heald's going to attempt, what, like 23-pointers in this game? Who's going to score for this team? Yeah, it's not always a be... good, not always a bad thing, but he was shooting a three. You just take Miles Turner player prop points over and you just hope he takes 10 three pointers. Like, I don't know what you're, <laughs> who's gonna score for this team. I mean, I don't know what happened in that game against the Bucks the other night where they absolutely or the Pacers absolutely blitzed the Bucks. I know Giannis was in foul trouble, but they still put up what I think it was like 70 plus points. It was like 100, what, they score 139 in that? Yeah, game? yeah. That, was, that was uncalled the Pacers for, man. Did. I don't know what the Bucks they scored was 84 in the second half. So I, 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 I like the over. Yeah, I, I mean, I can't bet an under. 
I mean, that was a game where you had 22 from Aaron Neesmith, 24 for, from Nimhard. Buddy Heald had 20, and then they had three guys off the bench that were in double figures. TJ McConnell, double-double. George Hill had 15 points as well against his former team, and then Jalen Smith as well had 14 points. So, I mean, Is it was a, a Turner game? Like, do you just take Turner three-pointers and just hope that Embiid's sagging all the way into the lane and he's going to chuck 10 three-pointers up? Yeah, I mean, we'll get into the player props here. Then you, you like Miles Turner? I think I have to be tempted. Somebody's going to have to score for this team. I mean, yeah. I mean, the argument is Indiana gets killed and they bench everybody, but you're looking at who might be, you know, the main guys taking shots. Heald is going to take some shots, but does he dribble that much? Not really. He's more of a catch and shoot guy. He can dribble a bit, but not. He doesn't do it that much. Turner, maybe. I mean, Duarte's out. They don't have anybody. Do you take Nemhart? I mean, I like McConnell as like a backup point guard. Does he shoot yeah. that much? Not really. I don't know. You got to find somebody who's going to score for Indiana. I think I'm going to get on a TJ McConnell double double here tonight. Or uh, yeah, when they play, I guess <laughs> it's going to have to be a yeah collective team effort. Is just what's going to have to be for this team, like they kind of did against the Bucks. But I just feel like there's like the Sixers team that if everybody is playing here tonight, and I think that's a great point that you made there, Scott. That no starters played in that fourth quarter, which gives them some extended rest. No starter played more than 30 minutes last night for the uh, Philadelphia 76ers. So you would kind of expect them to play here, all all those guys to play here tonight. I'm trying to see when their next game is. Uh, why don't you do the, uh, Let me look that up. And then, uh, Blanta, do you have any player props? I have – oh, yeah, Harden, triple-double. Uh, it's no good strip clubs in Indiana, I don't think. So he should be well-rested and, and good um, coming off that win in Charlotte. So I think he has a. We, we mentioned he had twenty dimes against his team yeah. at full at full strength, and I, I think he also had some good. Did he have, success. Nine, did he have nine rebounds? Uh, there was only six. I remember yeah. I took the points prop over in this game, but he ended up with twenty uh, twenty dimes because once you mentioned Scott that they were just doubling Harden for whatever right. reason. Yeah, and I mean they can't do that now because they don't have a, they don't have as many players as they did back then. So I think that the Harden triple double is is definitely live here. Uh, if you you know sprinkle on that, I also love his you know his pra. I think he can go over also if you believe he's going to have a triple double. Now, he could have a triple double, you know, like 10, 10, 10, but what are the odds of that with Harden? Um, but yeah, I like his, I like his Harden a lot in this game. Um, like Scott said, it's kind of hard to pivot to anybody on the Pacers. I would look at Buddy Hill threes. I mean, he's not good at like creating his own shot. And maybe Nimhard can set him up a few times. So I would look at Nimhard assists maybe. Um, but like I said, there's no, I don't see anything on the board as far as Indiana props. Do you? Uh, I do see Indiana props. I don't see any Sixers props. I yeah, see I, Nism- see I see Aaron Neesmith, Buddy Hilda, and Miles Turner. Yeah, I, I don't see, see Harden Nimhard. double up at one book. It's five fifty. So <laughs> pass. Yeah, um, but I'm trying to see if I could find a better line if I shop around. But five fifty, I can't touch. Yeah, I can't parlay that with Russell Westbrook. No, I found five fifty. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what else for the anything else for this game, guys? Nope. Harden assists just by itself without the rebounds. Yeah. Maybe a point and assist or just an assist by itself, I think is worth a look, definitely. Uh, all right, guys, let's get over to the next game of the afternoon or the evening here tonight on Saturday. We got the Minnesota Timberwolves. They're headed to Toronto to take on the Raptors. Uh, this line opened up in favor of the Toronto Raptors, minus seven and a half. That number's been bet up to minus nine and a half. Total up at about 228. That number has been bet down to around 224 and a half. Uh, looking at the injury report for the Toronto Raptors, pretty clean. Uh, nobody of significance is on there for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Anthony Edwards did leave the game yesterday 
with an ankle injury. Uh, post game, Chris Finch said that he's going to be okay, but he was in a walking boot. So I doubt that he does play here tonight right. against the Toronto Raptors. But Dante, why don't you lead us off, man? Uh, Raptors laying nine and a half. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I seen. I was watching that um, that Wolves Wolves game, which was very very entertaining uh, last night, and I seen it when it happened. He he's not playing. I mean, he, he, he looked he, really bad. It yeah, he really was bad. he was yeah. talking to he was talking to Car Anthony Towns. His the boot was literally like up to his knees. Like he's not playing. I don't care yeah, what yeah. Finch says. He's not playing. Um, so I mean, I don't want to lay this big of a number with the Raptors. Um, but the Wolves do struggle off of back-to-backs. Um, and, of course, they went into a war last night. Mike Conley turned into the old Mike Conley of – I don't even know if he can turn into the old Mike Conley. Uh, that might have been just some, like, Ohio State Mike Conley because I don't remember him scoring that that much in um, in Memphis. But uh, they were in a war last night. They should have won that game. Uh, I was on Chicago, so glad, thank God they didn't. Uh, Toronto has been killing it as of late. One and covered two straight. Offense has been picking up. They're scoring 125 plus in the last two games. Uh, they're pretty good at home. I think matchup wise, it's a good spot for them to to uh, to get a win here. I just don't want to lay nine and a half, so I'll pivot to the first quarter, first half for the Raptors. Um, they're gonna pick and roll Gobert to death with uh, Van Vliet and Siakam when they go small with Barnes at the five. I, I don't think that they'll be able to. I don't think they'll be able to do anything with it. So uh, I like the Raptors, just a lean to the Raptors full game, but I will be on first quarter, first half for the Raptors. Wolves in second, or sorry, in uh, back-to-back games this season, they are seven and four straight up, seven and four against the spread, six and five towards the over. But obviously those numbers are going to look completely different. We probably more than likely do not have Anthony Edwards here tonight in a back-to-back situation. Uh, Scott, what do you got for this game? I'm going to go with Toronto. Uh, Normally, I would be terrified to lay this number, but I do think that with the circumstances based on schedule and with injuries, there's some merit here to take Toronto. Uh, Toronto is nine games over at home, so they have been a good home team, and they've played better lately, beat Denver by 15 at home, beat OKC by 17 after a pretty long road trip. So when they they got back home, they've actually been playing very well. Uh, But Minnesota, in addition to Edwards not playing, once again, they played a double overtime game. I'm going to have to read off the minutes here because they are they also played in Chicago, so there's a little bit of travel there. Mm-hmm. But to look at the actual minutes that everyone played here, McDaniels, 45. Kyle Anderson, 51. Shout out to him. Member of the fan club, another triple-double last night. Gobert played 33 minutes. He fouled out. Conley played 46 minutes. This team's going to be gassed. I got to take Toronto. Is he walking this morning? I don't know. Okay. I'm not sure, <laughs> but right. the line's not. The line's going to be scary, but with Edwards being out, he's their best player by far. It's not even close. And once again, the minutes there are absurd. Mike Conley, 46 minutes. Like Anderson's 50. Like 51 minutes is crazy, but he's also younger. Conley's 35. And Conley was playing well, like really, really well. Yeah, eight of twelve last night. For I can't ignore the minutes though. It's double no. overtime on a back-to-back with travel, and now no, you're no, I'm with you. I'm with you. I got to lean Toronto. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, uh, looking at kind of Minnesota's schedule here, if it wants to pull up, uh, I want to say if it's three out of like three games in like four nights or five nights. I, I mean, I think regardless, I'm on the Raptors here as well, but um. Yeah, I mean, they matched up earlier this season. Toronto, or sorry, they won. They did the Minnesota Timberwolves by two points. So maybe a little revenge, uh, you know, for the Raptors here as well. You know, I, I think that 
with the, like what you mentioned there, Scott, I think you nailed it with the double overtime and being without Anthony Edwards here tonight. I think that's just going to be too much for this uh, Wolves team to handle. So I'll take the Raptors here with you. I mean, don't love laying this big of a number, especially with the Raptors, but I think that this is a smash spot for them. Um, thoughts on the total here, guys? Delonte, uh, what do you got? Uh, number sitting at 230, sorry, uh, 224 and a half. Yeah, I'd lean probably to the over, um, thinking that, you know, Minnesota gets their legs back in the second half. They might just be a little bit stagnant up front. I mean, at the beginning of the game. So Toronto, like I said, they've been averaging 125 in the last uh, two games. So the offense has been clicking. So I'd lean to the over, but I would much rather play a Raptors team total over, thinking that they have some advantages with the pick and roll sets and their small ball lineup is going to dominate the Timberwolves. It's right now it's at 117 and a half, if I'm not mistaken. Um, probably can shop around, probably can get a 117, but 117 and a half, like consensus. Uh, I just like the way the offense has been playing. And Minnesota's defensive numbers, as you alluded to, went off, is just a little bit, uh, it's a little bit over exaggerated. Um, so I think the Raptors can have some success here with their offense. All right, Scott. Yeah, for me, I'm going to go with the Raptors team total. I'm not going to touch the full game total because I would lean over because the number seems short, but I don't even know who's playing for Minnesota. We said Edwards is going to be out. Are we sure Anderson's going to play the second out of back-to-back after playing 51 minutes last night? Doesn't he have back problems? Anderson? No, <laughs> yeah. he just moves in slow motion. No, I remember. I thought I remember reading something out of him. Uh, when he was at UCLA, that he was he having might. Like, back problems. Maybe but I'm wrong. I don't know. The point is, Minnesota might just say my my team couldn't get up this morning. They they couldn't get off the team bus. I, I think they they might bench half the team here. I'm not sure, but I'd rather take Toronto team total over. They've been really good at home. They're playing good basketball. Minnesota might single handedly drag the total down. Besides the injuries of just short jump shots in the second half, based on how tired they might be, I'm ignoring Minnesota entirely. If I'm going for a total, it'd be Toronto team total over. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to argue against that. A, a Raptors team total over here tonight. Um, it, again, double overtime, traveling from Chicago up to Toronto. You got to go through the, all the immigration and customs and all that stuff. So, I, I, yeah, there's not much more I can add here for the Raptors here uh, as far as the total. Any player props you guys are looking at? Uh, Scott, why don't you lead us off? Uh, so I, I do feel like Toronto, you can really pick anybody you want at this point, because I feel like anybody could have a good game for this team. I think mm-hmm. Siakam's going to have a good matchup. Yep. I'm giving an eye on Van Vliet. Van Vliet, he's been awful shooting the ball this year, but the assists have been pretty good. I, I don't mind that, potentially. Uh, I think Van Vliet maybe points and assists. He might have potentially found his groove after the last game or so. The threes, you know, the volume's going to be there no matter what. Yeah. So I'd probably consider taking maybe an over in threes for Van Vliet. He's going to chuck him up. But I think that Siakam could have a decent game. Maybe if you want to go for like a Barnes double-double, I don't mind that. I think that could be a sneaky value play. But this is the issue with Toronto is that they're a team that doesn't have a true superstar, but they have a lot of capable, complimentary guys you could step up on any given game. So it's really tough to pick who you think is going to have a good game because anybody in theory could have a good game. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) Excuse me. Uh, That matchup earlier this season where Minnesota did win, that was before the trade deadline. That was a game where Kyle Anderson had 20 and 10, possibly not going to be playing tonight. And then two guys that they're starting back or D'Lo obviously got traded over to the Lakers. He had 25 in that game and Anthony Edwards that game had 23. So you're possibly missing 68 of the 128 points that uh, the Minnesota Timberwolves put up in that game. So definitely keep that in mind. 
Delonte um, player props. Yeah, I like Van Vliet. I like his points and assists over a twenty-eight and a half. Uh, you know, I think he can have success on that pick and roll, as I mentioned earlier with um, with Gobert. And the Wolves perimeter defense is a, a little bit lacking, uh, to put it mildly. Uh, DeRozan and Levine. I mean, obviously, you know, Van Vliet is not on that level, but um, DeRozan and Levine like slice through them all game long. Um, and I think like to to a lesser extent. Uh, Fred Van Vliet, even if when he's not on, he can get into the paint and, and create some some contact and get to the line. So, I think that uh, I think that he'll have a good game. And also, the assists have been there. You know, uh, he fell just short. Um, I know me and you went off were on his assists over eight and a half uh, a couple of days ago. He fell just short, had seven. So, um, I think he'll have a good game here. Also, whenever the lines are posted, if McDaniel's is in, I look at his points over. He'll have to step up in Ant Man's absence, and he's probably their only score that can do anything outside of um anthony Edwards. yep all right um yeah i think the only one that i have for player props is going to be fred bambley that number's at seven and a half for his assist here tonight uh the earlier matchup this season he like i mentioned he had 25 points 10 assists in that game uh and then the matchup last season he did finish up with eight dimes as well and again like we mentioned he's been racking up the assists for the Toronto Raptors offense um, over the past couple weeks as well. He's averaging 9.2 over the last five games. Um, hasn't gotten over seven and a half in the last two games, but I think tonight is a good opportunity for him to do that, uh, um, especially against a, a backcourt that, I guess, lack of a better word, that is compromised with injuries uh, here tonight. All right, uh, let's get over to the next game of the night, gentlemen. That is going to be the Sacramento Kings. They are in the nation's capital here tonight to take on the Washington Wizards. Uh, looking at the opening line for this game, this line opened up in favor of the uh, Sacramento Kings minus one. That number's been bent up to minus two and a half. Do see some minus threes out there as well. Total up at 236. That number has pretty much stayed the course at 236. Do see some 236 and a halves out there as well. Looking at the injury report for both of these teams for the Sacramento Kings, we saw Kevin Herter leave with a um, what was now classified as a right hamstring strain. He's his day to day, officially questionable here tonight for the Kings. Uh, Trey Lyles is also questionable. He's dealing with right shoulder soreness, and then Rashawn Holmes also questionable here tonight with a, a non-COVID related illness. Uh, Wizards no injury report submitted just yet. They did have a game yesterday against the Cleveland Cavaliers, where they got absolutely smacked in that game. Um, Cavs got the victory there, 117-94. Um, so they are in a back-to-back situation here, so we'll have to wait for the injury report for the Wizards. But, um, Scott, why don't you lose off with this game, the Sacramento Kings minus 2.5 against the Wizards. Yeah, it's beam season. I'm annoying to Sacramento. Uh, but the, the thing is, Herder is, of course, a valuable piece to that team. Uh, I think Lyle's actually been very good the last couple of weeks as a bench yeah. piece. But Washington's on a back-to-back. Yes, you could argue that they didn't show up for the first game, so maybe they'll be extra motivated for this game. Are they really competing for much at this point? You, you can argue maybe in theory a uh, play-in spot, but I don't even think that's realistic at this point. Is it? The Kings have just been the better team. I, I just think the Kings are a really solid basketball team, and I, I talked about how they've been a bit disrespected recently. Uh, their last game, they played against my Nets, and my Nets aren't a great offensive team, but the Kings defensively actually showed up for that game. Mm. Uh, they have less than 100 points. Uh, I thought that they looked very sharp in that one. Uh, so maybe the Kings defensively, I don't want to say turning over a new leaf, but they've shown the capability of potentially playing defense, question mark. But the Wizards on a back-to-back, the Kings are a very good team. 
I'm not going to overthink this one. The line does seem a little bit trappy, so I probably won't have a substantial play on this game or anything like that, but I'm pretty low on Washington, and I do think that Fox and Sabona should really have great matchups in this one. So I'm going to go with the Kings here. I feel like this line's too short. Yeah, Wizards on the back to on the back to back. I'm sorry, are actually nine three and one against the spread at uh, seventy five percent, six and seven towards the over, uh, and seven and six straight up uh, in those situations. Uh, Delonte, what do you got for this game? Yeah, man, he took words right out of my mouth. I was just about to say off of back to back. Wizards are pretty good. Their offense is better at home than on the road. Uh, as of late, they've been struggling offensively. Uh, they're playing four straight unders under in. Uh, they had under 102 of the last three games. So I think at home, they'll get a little bit more comfortable, especially with the Kings defense. I'll, Scott mentioned that they have been playing a little bit better, but still not up to a standard of a number two seed in, in the West. So I'm kind of concerned about that. Um, I there's, There is some path for for the Wizards to like go bombs away from three. The Kings are poor defending the three with Porzingis, Kuzma, and to a lesser extent, Beal in the mid-range. I think they can have some success here. Um, if they win this game and Chicago loses, they can move up to the 10 seed. So, I mean, somewhat of a thing. I mean, obviously, they're not making any noise going forward in the playoffs, but they still have something to fight for, and the Kings are pretty much in that locked into that two seed or that two or three slot. Um, so I think the Wizards will be highly motivated here. Um they're, they don't have any exploitable matchups other than from three. But if they're on, I think they'll they'll be able to to uh, run the Kings off the floor. So I'm, yeah. leaning, to the, I'm leaning to the Wizards. Yeah. Um, yeah, Sacramento, I know defensively, I'm trying to look up their rating in the last five games. They've actually gone, they've improved up to number eight at 113 and a half. Uh, net rating of 2.8. Wizards all the way down at number 19, 115.4. But I don't think we can ignore the fact of how good the Wizards have been in back-to-back situations. I'll, I'll lean with the Kings here. I don't love it. Um, definitely probably won't be a game that I will be betting on. But I think that, you, like Scott said, you have the better team here in the Sacramento Kings. Um, the Wizards are, again, like Delante said, they are playing for a play-in spot. They're only half a game behind that 10th seed to get into that play-in tournament bracket. Um, but as far as I, I think, even without Herder, you know, with De'Aaron Fox, Abonis, Harrison Barnes, uh, Davion Mitchell, um, I think there's enough on this team for for them to to get the victory here. So maybe if you want to look at King's money line and maybe just take the spread out of it. Um, thoughts on the total here, Scott? What do you got? So I feel like everyone's automatically going to lean to the over because Sacramento's involved and they've had some high-scoring games lately. It is 236, and the Wizards are on a back-to-back. And look at the last couple of games. They've had a lot of low-scoring games. Uh, scored 94 against the Cavs. That flew under. Only gave up 97 to Detroit. That flew under. Played the Sixers. Scored 93 points. Not even close. And scored 107 against Atlanta. I'm going to lean under here. Uh, you mentioned how in the last five games or so, the Kings defensively have been better. And Washington's on a back-to-back. They're also missing some supporting cast pieces. Harder is a good floor spacer. Wiles gives the bench unit a little bit of juice. I'm annoying to the under. This number feels a little bit too high. Uh, Delante. Yeah, I'll probably lean under also. Um, the Wizards, four straight unders, like I mentioned, and the offense has been struggling. While I think they get on track today, I, I don't think that the I don't think that it'll be a shootout like many people do think, uh, as Scott mentioned. What I do like is the first quarter over. Um, the Wizards, they are the best first quarter over team in the NBA. Um, they perform well starting off, but they just tail off at the end. 
Um, you know, the Kings offense travels and usually they get off to hot starts as well. So if you want to play the over, I would look early, maybe first first quarter for sure. Um, first half, uh, I would like split a unit first quarter, first half, and then probably go under in the full game. Yeah, I think I like the under in this game as well. Um, mentioned it with Sacramento being number eight in defensive rating or post all-star break. They were one of the worst defenses um, in that span, but they've really improved over the last five games. Again, you know, with uh, the Wizards coming off the back-to-back here, having to travel as well from Cleveland back home. I mean, probably not a huge road trip or a huge uh, plane ride, but, you know, obviously it's still travel involved. Um, uh, I was trying to see the road numbers for Sacramento. Um, I think they're going – I think they won six straight road games uh, straight up. I'm not sure about ATS, but I think they're going for the seventh straight road win, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, let's see here. Kings away. Uh, yeah, they have won one, two, three, four. Yeah, six in a row. Um, mm-hmm. straight up. Um, in their last six road games. So, yeah, I think I'm going to go with the under in this game as well. Uh, two straight unders on in on the road. Last two games, like we talked about, Bulls and Nets. They did go under that total. So, under for me as well. Let's get over to some player props, Scott. Anything that you do like? Uh, for this one, it's a little bit tricky to. Because the Wizards are on the back-to-backs, I'm not exactly sure how they're going to try to exploit this Kings team or if Porzingis will be able to actually run up and down the court for the entire game. But I'm going to lean to Sabonis in this matchup. Doesn't he always kill Washington, like his entire career? It just seems like it, yeah. Especially when he was with the Pacers. He was I was going to say, the Pacers, I remember, 30. used to demolish this team. Oh, uh, Let me yeah. just pull up the numbers here. But even in general, Gafford barely plays because either they don't like him as a fit or he gets into foul trouble. Sabonis had a triple-double against Milwaukee. He's been solid. And we know Sabonis has been a bit of an underrated triple-double magnet. I'm not saying he's going to get one in this game. But I want to just pull up the numbers against the Wizards. He had a triple-double in this uh, this year. Uh, in mm-hmm. December, they played on the 23rd. He had 20, 15, and 10. Besides that, 16, 11, and 7, 30, 10, and 6, 28, 9, and 7, 30, 13, and 13, 32, 19, and 9, 35, 11, and 6. Yeah, he kills this team. So I think I have to look for Sabonis. Okay. Uh, Delonte, any player props? Yeah, I like Porzingis over uh, two and a half threes made. It's, you can actually get plus 140 on this. If you shop around, you probably can get a little bit higher. Um, he struggled. He struggled from three. He's one of fourteen in the last three games. As I mentioned earlier, the Kings' defense is prone to giving up three, so he'll have plenty of opportunities on the on the pick and roll and or pick and pop in his case. Um, so I like him over two and a half threes at plus at plus money. Uh, no, just or about five minutes ago, I came across Jalen Brunson is going to play here today against the Denver Nuggets. So um, again, keep that in mind if you do get to this pod by that time. Um, all right, guys, before we continue the conversation here, uh, let me tell everyone about our newest sponsor. That is uh, Shady Rays. Summer is right around the corner, and you probably are in the market for some new sunglasses. And why not check out Shady Rays? Um, they have you covered from the sun to the slopes with premium polarized sun uh, glasses and shades, customizable snow goggles, and much more. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair that we've worn. They have durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And that's not all. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. And if you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us that they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they had your back long after your purchase. With Shady Rays, you can look good and, and feel good. 
To date, they have donated over 20 million meals to fight hunger with Feeding America. And if you don't love them, exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within the 30-day return window period. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. So exclusively for our listeners only, Shady Rays is giving out their best deal of the new year. Go to ShadyRays.com and use promo code SGPN for 50% off of two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 200,000 people. That's ShadyRays.com, promo code SGPN. All right, guys, we'll cut it here for for part one. We'll get into part two for the final two games of the uh, Saturday game. So, again, make sure to check out part two with our lock-in dog in there as well.